Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Cold Open Question of the Week, Kaz. Shoes. How stoked are you for your Japanese wrestling debut? My Japanese wrestling debut? <laughs> I'm just debut. kidding, but how, how stoked <laughs> would you be on a scale of one to ten? Mm. One being, you know, you're wrestling, you're doing backyard wrestling somewhere, and ten being WrestleMania in the city of your dreams, and you're in the main event. Yeah. Where is making your Japanese wrestling debut on a huge stage? Oh, I mean, here's the thing. Japanese crowds are just so polite. I don't know if I could be stoked enough. <laughs> right? Like, like you could throw yourself in the middle of a table and pop out like, here's Johnny, like Kenny Omega did. And the most you'll get out of a New Japan crowd is... <laughs> but it's still yeah, exciting. It's I mean, like leading cool. up it's, to it. You're not worried about all, the problem. It's cool. Trust me, it is cool. It is definitely like a, a, a dope alternative but I live for the roar, man. I live for the for yeah. the mark, and I live for the chance. I love watching the Japanese style of wrestling, but trust me, I do not watch it for the epic crowd reactions. I'm not watching it for the same reason I watch Clash at the Castle or, I guess, Money in the Bank, right? <laughs> like, Just before this podcast started, you guys don't know this, but Kaz has his wife and his baby sitting on the other side of the camera, and he's screaming, let's make some noise, and making them clap. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> This uh, is awesome. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, well. <laughs> maybe we'll get some applause before this show is over. Let's start it. Let's do it. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the And you're listening to the Mask Man Show. You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Shoes. How about yourself, bro? How are things? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, a little bit uh, stuffy in the head. And just before we get any further, quick shout out to my recently passed grandmother. I get, she always wanted a shout out. Um, uh, shout out Grandma Irene Shoes, Shoemaker, man. Nanny. Uh, she was the absolute best human being ever. And I mean, and that's pretty close to true. I mean, that's I know I'm, <laughs> I'm biased, but this is like one million on the list of wonderful nanny memories. But we, she lived in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. that's where I am now. And we used to, I grew up mostly until, until I was in high school, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. So on Christmas, we would always do our Christmas and then the four family of four would pile in the car. At that point, it was mostly a Mazda 626, very small four door car and drive eight hours to Charlotte and, uh, and then do Christmas again. And, and I, I can't believe that was normal. But when I was really little, I remember getting there, Nanny and Papa's house were running in the door giving them hugs and kisses, running straight to their bedroom where the number two TV of the house was. 
and they had a big king size bed and we could mess around on the TV, do whatever we wanted. My sister would, you know, be in and out, but I would just get on, plant on the bed, turn on wrestling because we had WCW Saturday night in Louisville, but we didn't have, or at least I didn't watch like the local Crockett show, obviously, you know, and mm. it was like the studio show that you see all those great interviews and, you know, the, the legendary Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes interviews and, I would just go plant. I don't know. It seemed like it was always on. I have not researched the TV schedule. I could have like my years off, but man, I just like that. That was it. And that's of course one of those times when you look back and you say like, oh yeah, you liked wrestling way too much. That's how I like remember those, those vacations. So for the kids out there listening back in the day, you used to get a TV guide. It was, this is a little book that they used to send us. And that would tell you when shows were on, you know what I mean? It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have a, I don't know if, if this was TV Guide Channel days back in the day, no, but probably before that. Well, before yeah, that, probably or, before or that. Was yeah. the preview channel they used to call it, where it was just like a channel of stuff coming on, yeah, uh, throughout the day. Yeah, it's that's wild. We used to live like uh, uh, cavemen back in the Dude, day. You to, I mean, we, we would just flip channels. Like you yeah. sit down, you get the remote control, you push up or down. Yeah. If you, if you want to get if you want to get risky, you, <laughs> you go push get down. freaky. You want, <laughs> you want channel surf. You, you push up. Up, up. And then it would be like, you didn't know what was going to come next. Yeah. And you didn't know if there would ever be anything better, but you did know it took a little bit of effort to find whatever you left behind. I'm thinking like when I was in North Carolina, you get to like um, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker on the PTL network and you'd be like, well, I don't want to watch this, but this might be the best thing on. So, it might be. so you give it a minute, you know, you get to some like three stooges. Mm, do I do I risk going around the dial again? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this is such a fun conversation because it's like with the advent of technology you forget like what hobbies used to be and like i just i remember vividly like in like fifth or sixth grade people used to have like channel surfing as a hobby like that used to be a hobby like people used to just like sit on tv and just search for things to watch Mm -hmm. and whatever you like you just Kind of stood on. Well, and now, it and sounds... it's come full circle because we do that again. We just go to Netflix and do the endless scroll through all the stuff we're never going to watch again. Yeah, yeah. We scroll and we stream and we swipe. That's what we do now. But back in the day, but if you found, but, but there surfing. was no, we would, we didn't travel. Well, I guess we traveled a good bit because we would do summers in Florida sometimes and North Carolina yeah. a bunch for summers and, and Christmases and eventually we moved to Texas and and uh, and and. You know, you've been um, kind of a vagabond, shoes. You've lived so in like a little 90 bit, states. a little bit. But but when you would, <laughs> are you, when you would, are you like a secret army brat? Like but I don't know how you. I would always find it on TV. My dad's a preacher. It's basically the same thing. Ah, as being same an army thing. Brat. But gotcha. did, but it's <laughs> but you would. I would always find it on TV. I remember watching Florida wrestling championship wrestling from Florida when I was like down in Tampa for the summer as a kid. And still, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but have a distinct false memory of he of a heel Hulk Hogan coming to the ring and smearing someone's face with like toxic green slime. Wow. Don't know where that is. Wow. At some point recently, I think I decided that might have been Kevin Sullivan. And I just <laughs> conflated him and Hogan in my head. But I still don't. I, I've Googled the Kevin Sullivan version. I don't know what it was. It gave me nightmares forever. But I'd always find the wrestling. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know how that happened. It's I mean, I guess well, I must have been watching TV the whole time and constantly flipping, but that was it's so strange. Anyway, we, lucky we still find lucky the wrestling today. Look at us. Yeah, Look man. Look at us. Mm-hmm. This is what it all led up to. I would shout have never out that shoes, like man. Shout yeah, out grandma shout, shoes. Yeah, Nanny, we miss you already. Um I would have never thought sitting on Nanny's king size bed back then at 5 years old, 6 years old, whatever that was, that someday I'd be saying, "Hey, Kaz." Yo. Um did you watch the Japanese wrestling over the week over the, this past week? <laughs> so no, right? Like so, uh, I, I'll say this: I didn't watch it live. I did catch the replay early in the morning, yeah. and like I said, you know, my days of staying up early in the morning for Wrestle Kingdoms and New Japan shows to watch live are 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 definitely in the past. Yeah, uh, me too. But I did get to catch uh, some of the highlights and some of the matches that I really wanted to see, uh, which I'm assuming. You are referring to, and I guess this is what we call a segue in the in the old podcast biz, um, a debuting Mercedes Monet, correct? Imagine when you were five years old thinking <laughs> that the mo- that the one of the hugest things that's ever happened in wrestling is a female wrestler, a lady wrestler, making her debut in Japan. You mm. that would that just seems like the craziest thing ever. But it was but it was nuts. Uh, Mercedes Monet formerly known as Sasha Banks, made her 
long-awaited debut at Wrestle Kingdom. What are you going to say? She didn't work. It was a big debut segment. Everybody, they called it the worst-kept secret in wrestling. It was true. It was true. Yeah, She's going to yeah. wrestle out in California for them, um, uh, which is, it's going to be, it's going to be a big deal. I think it's, I think it's just an, it's an incomplete grade until we see her in the ring. Not that she can't go. That part's the given, I guess. But it was, but it was wild seeing her out there. It was a sort of, I don't know. I don't think I popped probably because I knew it was coming so much as I just sort of like gasped. I was like, like it's like it's happening. Not in a bad way necessarily. I was like, oh my God. It's just, it's just a little little bit of adjustment to see it in real time. What was your takeaway? Yeah, it was um, it was, I don't know. I felt I felt different than I thought I I what I expected. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. granted, I know the 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 New Japan audience is very different and the Japanese wrestling watching wrestling watching audience is very different because they are very much uh, it is very much theater in Japan. So you will see applauses, you'll see gasps, you'll see it's like people are watching a live action movie over there. So you're not going to get the the hooting and hollering that you'll probably expect from uh, a Western uh, company like WWE or AEW when a big return or debut like this sort of happens. Um, I'll say this. It's going to take some getting used to, <laughs> you know, it's going to mm-hmm. take some getting used to. I'm, I've been so accustomed to Sasha Banks, um, the character. Uh, I have said this many, many times. Um, shout out to my good friend, Jeff Johnson, who I was on the call with last night, calling the Nixon Spurs game for MSG Network on the BetCast. Um, we went to Brooklyn um, wow, this is during Henny Palooza. I think we had a Henny Palooza that day, right? <laughs> and it was the same day as NXT Takeover Brooklyn, which oh, yeah. was maybe a mile away from where we were having the event. Um, so I remember me and my boy Jeff uh, leaving Henny Palooza to go to Barclay Center to watch this NXT event. And I said it then, and I continue to say it now Sasha Banks versus Bailey won was a match that, like, legitimately i remember for the rest of my life like one of the greatest matches i've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life like legitimately changed my wrestling fandom there's probably like six matches i've ever watched that like legitimately changed the way i watch professional wrestling huh. that's good and, we should make that list uh we should i think it'll be great i think it, i think it's better than a best match list i think a most important or most influential or uh to you that sort of to list the way, to I mean, me. it has it has to be personal because for otherwise sure. it's just then, you know People will argue. But uh, that match changed the way I watch wrestling. It was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Um, Sasha Banks became a, a household name overnight. Um, and it's it's going to take some getting used to because I truly believe she's one of the most important wrestlers in, in, in WWE history. Um, without her... A lot of what became the 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 Stephanie McMahon branded women's revolution um doesn't happen. Um mm-hmm. I know a lot of the four horsewomen have probably gone on to longer, more sustained success. And I think that's only due to the fact of Sasha's health and timing and a lot of timing, yeah. Let's say creative differences, right? But it all really started to me with Sasha versus Bailey at NXT TakeOver. Um, there was rumblings around there. I mean, there was obviously the the Charlotte and Natalia match and Paige and uh Char- I want to say Paige and Natalia as well, or Paige mm-hmm. and Emma. Um, there was there was matches that made me think, oh man, like the women could really go down here. But it was that Sasha Bailey match that really made me say, like, oh my God, this might be one of the best matches I've ever seen. That being said, um, it's gonna take some getting used to, you know? Uh I'm not going to be one of those people that, you know, I'm not crazy about the Mercedes Monet name, but it's wrestling. Like people change the names all the time. You know, it'll, you'll get used to it. You'll, you'll it learn. It sounded to like she was it. saying much, a word much closer to money than Monet. We've all yeah. been saying that when she was on the mic, she was like, it's Mercedes Monet or something yeah. like that. Or what was, Brian, you want to fact check me here? It sounded yes. like, it sounded like she was basically just saying money with a funny voice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My fault. I, Go ahead, Brian. No, I was going to say the same thing that, you know, it's, to make it sound cool, you know, because yeah. the music says money. Mm-hmm. And even the first announcer, it sounded like he said money. But yeah, I definitely think it's more just the kind of, you know, especially with the accent mark. Shout out to Cal who pointed <laughs> that out, him being the senior editor at The Ringer. So <laughs> I definitely think it was money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah I'm was... not I'm not crazy about the name either, although you're right, it's wrestling. We'll be over that in five seconds. I think that it's... I, 
Um, it's interesting to me, I guess, because there's you know been all this sort of talk, and most of it's not been from her mouth, but about like the her her career ambitions outside of the wrestling ring, right? Wherein she will be identified by her real name. Um, there's obviously been a lot of talk about a potential WWE return, which we're going to get into in just a second. But I don't know. It just seems like why come up with a whole separate name? I don't know. Like, and her real name is a good name. You yeah. know, it's a totally, it's a totally functional name, but I don't know. It is. I mean, she does. I've never met Sasha from everyone I know that has, I know you have. She is playing a character uh, to a degree that most wrestlers of her level aren't right. I mean, yes. she's definitely like embracing this persona that doesn't, that's not really her in real life. Right. And right. Maybe she needs the name. Maybe she needs the, maybe she has to, you know, you, maybe that's part of the, the embracing the role sort of thing. Yeah. I think, I think psychologically, like having a stage name just kind of helps out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was shocked that she went with that name. I thought when I, when we saw the list of the, uh, trademarks, I guess that were filed, a couple of weeks back, I just went and assumed that it was like for CBD companies or like uh, some yeah. of the side projects that she was going after. Um, but yeah, man, it was. <laughs> She's uh, launching her own Bitcoin. Like she, that's what the Mercedes, <laughs> this is Mercedes money. You're not, yeah, you yeah. guys investing? This <laughs> is the perfect time to do it. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's strange, man. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely a little strange. Um, Never. So let's talk about can we talk can we talk about the the logistics here? So yes, that happens. Then last night on AEW, they have two different sit-downs with the sort of halves of the tag team match from is it next week? The 14th, yeah. Yeah, next um, week, yep. Or I mean not the 14th, the 11th. The uh the so they had um Jamie Hader and Britt Baker sit down. I believe Jamie Hader refers to herself as the boss. I mean, who who referred to themselves as the boss? Did Britt Baker? No, but Jamie Hader referred to herself as the boss in the interview, right? Okay. One of the two of them did. I'm blur. I'm I'm, I'm flubbing the whole thing. Okay. And then, and then later, uh, Sor uh, Soraya is there with with um, Sheeta and Tony Storm and announces that Tony Storm will be her mystery is the mystery tag team partner just sort of announces it on the spot okay. you know and like it's a very odd thing it's like let me invite my two best friends to this interview and one of them will be <laughs> my tag team partner neither of them know, like why would you do that it doesn't make any sense if anything if, if there's any I think the biggest red flag for me was that segment which was just so silly that like it had to be a false a false flag right of they're course. like it's uh, Tony Storm is not going to be the tag team partner it was just a thing to, to to get a bigger pop for whoever the mystery partner actually turns out to be immediately afterwards um a couple of different reputable sources uh Stephen Mulhausen who had some big a couple of the big story breaks in the CM Punk saga um, who works for DAZN, I think Will Washington at Fightful 2, mm -hmm. um, who is very, I mean, is very respectable uh, when he breaks news. Both of them said that that Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, is the, is the mystery partner. However, however, uh, they're not, it's not a unanimous thing. Dave Meltzer has said she's not going to sign with AEW, although his seemed a little bit more like this is what I'm feeling, not what I'm reporting. He said she's not going to sign a long-term deal. So there's no way she's going to be in California. I mean, she's not. there's no way she's going to be there for that match. Mm. Maybe that was before last night, though, that he said that. But then there, I mean, there's other articles that are trickling out, and you, you know, your mileage may vary, but, um, you know. Uh, e Wrestling News says WWE strongly believes Mercedes Monet won't wrestle in AEW. Um, but yeah, Britt Baker called herself the boss. Sorry, I kept getting, I got, got confused because I was like, why would the not champion do that? Anyway, right. um, and yeah, I mean, and, and there's there are conflicting reports out there. Now it seems like if Will Washington and Stephen Mulhausen are saying this with confidence, and I'm not exactly sure where the where the Meltzer thing point, what the point of view on the Meltzer thing is, I believe that she will be there, especially after that those segments last night. But yeah. man, what do you what do you think? I mean, like, what, like, is it? Do you think what what vibes are you getting? I think she'll be there. I mean, uh, it feels uh, like people, inevitable, right? It kind of feels inevitable. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'll put it like this. I. 
kind of agree as far as like the long non long term deal for AEW. Um, I still just kind of have this weird feeling that you know Sasha is kind of doing this sort of like queen of the territory sort of run that women don't necessarily get, especially with that sort of stature. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching her on um, Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin, where she was saying basically before WWE even reached out to her, her dream was to wrestle in Japan and Mexico, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so for as big a star as Sasha is, and as much as Mercedes is, and I think she could, um, what I think she brings to that women's division, um, even if she does show up in Los Angeles, which I think we're all assuming she will, um, I don't think it does her any favors to be an every week competitor like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm just reading the tea leaves and just reading just how negotiations work with WWE, when you're negotiating, you want two things, right? You either want more money or less dates, right? You want to be able to work a schedule where that's comfortable for you and you show up for the big shows. You want the you you want the you want your own tour van. Wasn't that always the biggest perk in your own bus? It's like, yeah, I got my own bus to show. Uh, Those type of things. Right. Like, I don't think you're going there negotiating, saying like, hey, man, like I want to wrestle more matches. Sasha's anybody negotiate a lot of messages in her under her belt outside of like peak dysfunction WCW does anybody negotiate for title reigns do you think in this day and age <laughs> like uh, you gotta get you gotta they... give me one win if I'm gonna sign this 10 million dollar contract you gotta promise me two world titles in that mm. span of time that doesn't work for me brother yeah, uh, I guess I nobody know. would do that would that have been Cody coming back I don't think that's Cody Steeze. I mean, you I mean know, but he would maybe. have had the but he would have had the 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 mojo. He would have had the the the, the ability to to negotiate it unlike most other people. Right? I don't know if it's a negotiation tactic, but it's definitely a a negotiation tactic on the other side. Like I could definitely say being Vince saying like, "Hey, there's oh, yeah. one thing you've never done." Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. And you know, but um and all the yeah. different, and he's gonna and he promises it. It promises it ten different ways without actually saying it. I can see, I can see you with the I big gold belt around your waist. Mm. WrestleMania, all American nightmare. <laughs> mm. Anyway, feels good. Anyway, or, back to the matter uh, at hand. Feels good. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Terrible impressions all the way around. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and one because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. I ran out of a uh, good favor after my Shawn Michaels impression a couple of weeks ago. That's great. Back, no, so. it was fantastic. I, well, I, was, I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to a podcast last night where the dudes were just like doing it, it, like impressions, not specific impressions, but like like making up voices for old timey wrestlers and stuff like that. And it was, and I was like, we got to do more impressions on this show. Shoes, two voices, to, two and a half voices isn't enough. I would, Brian. Say, I, Brian, I you got to this. come on the show as like old timey wrestlers, and you know, just it, and and you got to work on your your skills too, because this can't be on me. I'm terrible at impressions. You anyway. know, I went to I went to this place called Camp. Uh, I don't know if you know what Camp is, but it's like a children's like toy store or whatever, right? Oh yeah, by there's one down downtown Brooklyn. Yes, there's also one uh, in the mall near me, and mm-hmm. uh, I was going buying uh, presents for my daughter, and the guy stops me. He's like, "Yo," and he's like working behind the counter. He stops me. He's like, "Yo, man." Love your podcast on the ringer and your Shawn Michaels impression was excellent. I was like, yes, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> fulfillment. Oh I swear God. to God. And I hope over, he's listening brother, right now. Over. Uh, 
I hope he's listening right now because he was, that made my day. Like I was, I was like an hour and a half deep into Christmas shopping, tired as hell. And then he oh, just said, "Hey, so nice." He said, "Hey, man, your Shawn Michaels is great." I was like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, you know that's uh, that's a good, it's a great, it's a great compliment." I'm not gonna, you uh, you know, it's just ah, uh, you know, you just gotta grunt your voice a little bit and talk like a Texan, but you're five ten, but you feel like you're six ten, you know. And uh, I just, I never, I never. Uh, I never saw. I never saw that. I never went to the police. But uh, yeah, <laughs> terrible, Sean. I hope. I hope. No, that is that is that is Pete Sean Michaels post two thousand two. Just found Jesus, Sean. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's always it's, always, it's so he good. always sounds unsure of stuff. Like he's always like, oh well, you, you know, I'm just uh, mm, uh <laughs> ugh, lots of hands, lots of these. <laughs> Oh, I hope he doesn't kill me. Whoever that guy was, me, big, like, big shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to him, man. He's awesome, bro. He's awesome, man. Yeah, I got to go back to camp and get some get some uh, discounts on Bluey toys. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> one thing you got to work in the phrase "and again" into your impression. That was that <laughs> having interviewed Shawn Michaels a couple several times recently. That's my biggest takeaway: is that every sentence starts with "and again," and then he just goes in. It does not, and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you've talked about it before. It's just, it's just "and again." It's like and again. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna how say. Many, uh, how many times I've heard that in post production. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I love Shawn Michaels so much. Shawn Michaels is Shawn's the yeah. goat. Shawn is the he goat. He really yo. is. Man. I'm, what, I'm um, gonna work. I'm can I ask you a question about Shawn Michaels? Can, can, impression. I, can I make a hard left turn and and, and ask Let's you about it. goats real quick? Since we're talking about goats, John Cena made his big return to WWE oh, on Friday night, and uh, he got in well, at least four of the five moves of Doom, and mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the thirty seconds he was in the ring, uh, and then he you know had his big pop and his big moment. He was sort of like John Cena. Well, I was gonna say John Cena on steroids. That's probably the wrong way to go. That's but he was not just like he was just like John Cena, like souped up. Like it was like the everything you love and everything you hate about John Cena just condensed into one, like like you know electrified one minute package. Oh yeah. Um, John Cena. I was, plays I was the debating hits. with the, I was debating with Rosenberg and the dudes on on text message about this. Where where does Cena rank? And I'm not even saying put him on your t- in your top five, but you can put him on your Mount Rushmore. You don't have to if you can't. But like, how do you place Cena? Just in, philosophically, how do you place Cena in so WWE I, legend history? Like, how do you even start the conversation? And Brian, get in here too. Uh, I, I, so we were talking about this earlier, and I, and I said John Cena's top two, and he's not two because in, in WWE lore, I think he checks every single box and then some. Right. Like he's I think he's separated himself so much from the Hulk Hogan comparisons that it's not like it's he's lapping him at this point. Like if you really sit down and really break down everything Hulk Hogan was to WWE and everything John Cena was to WWE, you kind of have to compare it to like. For lack of a better comparison, Jordan and LeBron. Right. Because that's what everybody does. Right. And if you're a LeBron truther and think he's the greatest we've ever seen. At some point, you got to factor in the longevity and you got to factor in the accolades. Like, at some point, numbers got to matter. And well, when it comes to Cena, he's been more profitable than Hogan, even though Hogan got the company to a place that they could even be- become profitable. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't even have, the, I, I wouldn't, don't have the numbers in front of me or anywhere within 100 feet, but it's like, you know, if you make... Five million dollars trading stocks now. Are you are, are you significantly wealthier than the dude that like struck gold in California in the eighteen hundreds right. or whatever? It's so, like so no, you that's might- my thing. That's my thing. That's what that's why I'm, I'm so I put it like this, right? Like Hogan did the Pontiac Silverdome, which was like mm-hmm. a massive event at that point, right? How many stadium shows has Cena done since then? Countless, countless, right? Like you can't even put a number on how many stadium shows he's yeah. done. I don't know how the splits worked back then, but I'm assuming way back when Hogan might have took home a little bit more than Cena would have right now. But money, you mean? I think so. I mean, like he was he yeah, he I mean, was, he was still getting he was still getting paid in like you know like rolls out of Vince McMahon's pocket. So he right. he, he probably made a ton of money. 
Exactly. They was probably just, just you know, just put it all on the table at the end of WrestleMania and just stood with their hands on their hips like, oh, all right, so how do we split this? And, you know, we give $10 to B.A. Baracus or whatever, and then, you know, he get <laughs> the other $100 million to Yeah, but okay, to well, can, can, well, let me, because Friday night was fun. I'm glad to see Cena back. Yes. You know, like I've seen, I saw Hogan make his big return at MSG to bail out Shawn Michaels. This is everything's coming full circle. When I, I think, was it Muhammad Hassan that was going after him? But like, I think it, it like, was, yeah. That music hits, we get out of our chairs. Like it is, it was one of the seminal moments of my wrestling fandom to be there live for that. And at that point thinking it would probably never happen again, but <laughs> little did I know. Um, uh, I, I get it. I love seeing Cena come back, even for just a moment like that. Um, but it did sort of underline everything. Where, like the, all the arguments against what you're saying were right there on display, right? Yeah. yeah. Sort of silliness, over the top, not actually a very good wrestler. I mean, he was <laughs> a very good wrestler. This is this is what I'll say about Cena. There came a point where he was so underrated that and he became overrated. That he became overrated. <laughs> that everybody was right. like, you know, he's actually a pretty good wrestler. And then it became like he's one of the best three wrestlers in the world. Like, no, he was never there. But Cena, Cena really excelled at when Cena found his stride it was because he figured out how to play with our expectations of him mm. right he was never going to turn heel but his matches all of his performance sort of became self-referential like it sort of became meta in this way like we like he he had a better match than we were expecting he wasn't doing what the things that we expected. He, when he would do, sometimes he would he would pull out like a a crazy, you know, a, an unexpected move, and it would be worth so much more because our expectations of him were so set. And that's also how he was with the people. I mean, the, the different people that he worked with, his biggest matches. You know, I always used to say Cena was the guy that the, your favorite wrestler stood next to to look important, right? I mean, he was mm. he was he had this stature, and he was able to convey it to other people. I, I'd he, say he also Cena, not not for nothing is probably the most uh generous top star this industry's ever seen. Yeah. That's that, that 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 that's where I was getting at. I think it's the generosity and the self-awareness that separates him from like a Hogan, right? Like I think you mentioned his matches being meta. Like I think Cena became so self-aware because he was listening to the fans. Like he knew exactly what got them upset. He knew that people always thought he was gonna win. The LOL Cena wins. He always thought he was a bad promo, thought like, you know, there were guys in the independent scene that, you know, were much better than him from bell to bell. There were people that thought he were more entertaining than him. He checked off every single box. And I think mentally when it comes to ranking who's the greatest of all time or who's where you place him or whatever, I think we all have our own sort of like mental checklist of things you got to check off. And I think well, he was self-aware You can't say there enough. were guys that were better than him in the indie scene and that he also checks every box just because he's like aware of it, right? I mean, but he that's wasn't the thing though. Like people, people, that's how people saw him and he knew yeah. that. So You're it right. wasn't so much like, oh, well, you know, you can't say these guys are better than me and they can't fill up, uh, you know, the the, 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 the Nissan Civic I, Center or something yeah. like that. But I think he was self-aware to know that like those fans that he couldn't win over, I'll win over by doing this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that's where that yes. U.S. title reign was. You know, those yeah, no, I, challenges. I, I agree. I would say adapting to them, like the matches with AJ Styles or CM Punk, uh -huh. you know, putting on bangers, but also... To everything Cass said, the only thing I will add is, because I do think Cena is the greatest, for the simple fact, like, Vince McMahon never had to lose sleep with Cena as the number one guy. Maybe yeah. he should. But maybe he should have. <laughs> <laughs> Why like, so, Shoes? Why so? <laughs> no, I just think that, it, listen, Cena was the, this is what, I, the Cena was the best for business, is the best for mm -hmm. business grand champion of all time. Right, he always did what was best for business. He always did what was asked of him. I, well, I mean, who knows? As far as their historical record has shown up to this point, that seems right. pretty clear. I'm Unless not sure. Alex that, I'm not sure. Allegedly, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not sure that he was best for business. Right? I mean, I'm not sure. I, I just it seems to, but that wasn't. That's not on him. I mean, obviously Vince wanted him there, and it was consistent, and it did what it was supposed to do, and whatever. But like, you know, if they had messed around with the formula a little bit, a little bit earlier on. We might not just be looking at one or two moments in time, you know, at the end as 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 what really solidified the reign. I mean, without CM Punk, and then I guess eventually without guys like AJ, we wouldn't be talking about Cena that way, right? And that was like a blip at the end because of all the mediocrity that had come before it, right? He was able, he evolved, and that was Cena gets credit for that. But that switch is 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 that is the legend, right? That well, is the legacy. 
So here's the thing, but I, I, I remember those reigns, and I remember being the anti-Cena fan and be like, oh my God, why are they pushing this guy? They should push this guy, right? So then I, just off the top of my head, I'm just going to think of some of those guys that I thought should have gotten more love than Cena. You, if you impugn the out. name of Dolph Ziggler right now, you're getting, you're, this, this podcast <laughs> yo, is over. Yo, Zigg, Ziggles is one of those guys. Is WWE in the same place if they if, if Ziggler gets that push? I don't know. No. Jeff Hardy was one of those guys. Is WWE in the same place if Jeff Hardy Bigger. gets that push? Probably. Hey, the first WrestleMania on the moon <laughs> in 2023. <laughs> I think I think Rob Van Dam was one of those guys for a minute. Where well, I was like, man, okay. Rob, you know, CM Punk. Okay, I'll give you CM Punk, maybe. But, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, who would you really rather have be no, that? No, I'm just saying you mix people in as more credible challengers. I mean, part okay. of the part of the well, the, he's the, he's had some pretty credible. He wrestled Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. He wrestled yeah. Triple H. He wrestled um, uh, the Undertaker. I mean, Kurt Angle. Like he's had everybody that's Rock, reputable yeah. you could think of. But at that age, at that time, I mean, granted the OV the OVW four of uh, Batista, Cena, Lesnar, and I guess Shelton Benjamin of that class, like. You didn't really miss that well, right? Like they all became megastars. I mean, Shelton Benjamin's like a a a a a, a, a underground legend for folks who love, you know, what we do. But as far as like B- Batista, Cena, and Brock hatching your wagon to Cena didn't seem like that such of a bad idea. Like you know what I mean? Like who else who who else was capable of, of carrying that at that time? I don't think anybody was, and I think that's why he, he's he's his 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 reign yeah. has aged so much better uh, looking back at it. Well, he's not in my top one or two or three or four or five. I love John Cena, though. I mean, my my life, my career wouldn't be the same without him. Um, I w- yeah, I, he he was he's absolutely great. It's so strange to see him back. It's so strange to see him back, and in that context, you know, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. I mean, what a what a it's just, but it, and that's the thrill, I guess. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about WrestleMania in coming weeks, and I'm sure John Cena will be there to give us all that that same pop that we had Friday night. Um, what else are we missing here? We talked about like 50 things we want to talk about. And now all of a sudden we're running out on or running out of time. Oh, can um, I say one one last thing? Uh, last night, AEW, brand new look, brand new set. Oh, big shout out to good friend. And new, uh, um, I think I want—I don't want to mess up his new title or whatever. But uh, I guess executive vice president or vice president of just AEW call everybody. Everybody AEW is an EVP, and if they're not, it, someone will get mad because we said it. It's just <laughs> right. No, um, I said it on Twitter a few weeks ago, and I'm gonna repeat it now because I think a lot of people are starting to get it. Uh, Mike Mansuri, who was extremely instrumental to a lot of the the great NXT shows that we all mm-hmm. look back on fondly uh you know he was definitely groomed to be like i mean at least at my time the way i saw it the next kevin dunn like the person who was going to be the person who who was triple h's sort of like vision on how wrestling show should be and you could kind of already tell the the impact he sort of made just on the presentation of AEW. last night's show felt like a big show senior mm-hmm. vp and co-executive producer mike mansuri i gotta shout out you bro um he absolutely has given AEW a nice and much needed facelift um, yeah. into a new era of of what that show can feel like. It also severely helped that they were in a great wrestling city in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know firsthand how great of a wrestling city uh, Seattle can be. Um, but man, uh, incredible show last night. Incredible show. I didn't get to watch it live because I was doing the, uh, the bet cast for the Knicks and the Spurs, but I caught the replay, uh, later that night and just, it just felt like a big show. And I think next week is going to feel like an even bigger show being in LA, being in the Kia form. And, uh, you know, there was, there was necessary slight changes that I think only a few, not a few, but like a bunch of people would really catch as far as like the production value as far as like yeah, I was going to say that it was like a little bit quiet right and and I think that's yeah. a good thing I had this whole I had this whole bit planned about how like uh changing your you know your EP in a on a wrestling show is like is like a website redesign where the only upside there's no upside <laughs> it's only people complaining cuz nobody can yes. tell about nobody notices the good changes and all the people who are used to the old way are just well, whining That's why online. I'm saying it yeah but no, no but, but it actually it. I don't know if there was any downside to this I don't know who would have been complaining about it it looked good all the little quiet things that you might not notice 
yeah. uh, that I presume were part of his, you know, redeployment, redesign were yeah. were just so perfect that, you know, you won't even notice until it won't be for another month that you're just like, why? You know, the crowds have been way better at these AEW shows. Like, now they're actually just being recorded better and produced, you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's like that job, I guess, is like a good defensive back in football. It's like if you're doing a good job, nobody hears from me the whole game. Yeah, exactly. Like we just it just goes smoothly and nothing. And like the only time people see you is if you're getting burnt for like a 40 yard touchdown mm-hmm. or something. And, you know, they're just watching it you looks- just <laughs> running, trying to catch up. You don't want to be that guy. You know, so it looked so, good. It looked good, and the, and the show itself was really, really good. I mean, that yes. was a solid. That was a very, very entertaining two hours of professional top wrestling. to bottom. Yep. Um, and we got the tease. We got a bunch of teases that we you know are, are excited about the tag, the women's tag match, um, that we discussed previously. Uh, we we had the entire. They basically just gave us the. Um, they gave us the cliffs notes for the MJF Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson feud <laughs> that we're about to go that we're about to see, right? It's gonna be mm-hmm. what, how many weeks? Seven weeks? Yeah, they're going into March. Seven weeks of of undefeated streak for Danielson. Um, which is gonna be a lot of fun because it, and this is where the the sort of meta way of watching wrestling, the way that we all watch it sort of this is w- when it's really gonna shine. Because we all know Danielson's gonna win, right? It would be really crazy if he didn't. Um, to set it up and then not pay it off. But Next week, he's going one-on-one with the Keshta, and, and everybody's already excited about the match, and everybody knows with 100% certainty who's going to win, right? So if Brian Danielson gets to not only go on the storyline, you know, trials to, to, to get MJF in the ring tour, he's actually, but in real life, he's going on the, the seven matches that Brian Danielson wants to wrestle before he retires tour, right? I mean, he's going to, if every match is just like a dream match for him, the person, then that makes the whole thing so much more fun, right? I mean, that mm. make, that that kind of justifies kind of calling the ending of it. And I don't know, man. I like their I like their chemistry. I like their their slightly the slightly awkward chemistry between MJF and Danielson. I'm ex- I'm excited to see where they go with this. I don't know what what do you, what do you are, are you are you guys excited for the next uh, the next month of of Danielson storytelling? Two months, sorry. I'm glad it's two months because I remember coming on the show and saying that I'm not excited for this feud because I know Brian Danielson is not winning the world title. Right? And yeah. I love that MJF brought up the fact that ever since he got here, he has choked in every single big match. He's a choke artist, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you can't help but think that, right? But however, we're going to get about two months of great wrestling, great TV. I'm a sucker for an Iron Man match. I know some people think it's a convoluted wrestling concept because you only need to pay attention to the last 10 minutes of the match. But I think you only do Iron Man matches when you have a fun story to tell. And mm-hmm. anything you can make, anytime you could take real life sporting uh, elements and place that into professional wrestling, you get some fun stuff there. Um, so I'm a little bit more excited for the few than I was a few weeks ago, because, uh, you know, maybe I, I I didn't know if it was going to be at a pay-per-view. I didn't think it was going to be, uh, you know, I thought it was probably just going to be on, on a dynamite or something like that. Um, but now I'm a little bit more excited for it. I think it's going to be a great show. Um, I think MJF is continuing to raise his game every single week as a legitimate top guy for, for the company um, and the right guy. And overall... AEW has done a great job of elevating uh, all their homegrown talent since Brawl Out, right? Like it feels like it feels like it's been a a a, a um uh it's been a necessary and 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 purposeful drive to make sure that their homegrown talents are being shined and seen as yeah. important every single week. But from Ricky Starks to MJF. To Darby Allen last night winning the TNT title, to Britt and 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 um, uh, Hater, like they have made a, a conscious effort to put their stars on the forefront. And um, I'm not saying you know people. At Did w, you say Darby Allen? With Dar- I mean, he won the TNT title last yes, night. Yes, yes, yes. Darby Allen won the TNT title. Great that was speech. my favorite Darby Allen match. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm there's some there's some schmazier stuff in the in the library. Not really my cup of tea. Mm. Um, but man, I love that match. It was, Ooh, that was, I, pop, that was I popped for that sting hug so so bad. Like I almost, I almost got not, a little, I almost bust a little, not a twinkle, but I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was this like, is not, this is not the warm. first time that AEW has pulled out the TNT title switch in the main event for on a big show. It was it might not be the only hometown time this has happened, but it's, but it's, it's definitely, it's not the first time they've pulled this thing out to try to like 
you know, uh, soft earn the main yeah. event pop or whatever. But this was this was effective as hell. This yeah. was such home a big home field moment. advantage only exists in AEW, which I like. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it, it was it was it was really cool. I mean, it made yeah. me like Darby Allen a hundred times more by the end than than I went in, and and that's the point of this whole mm -hmm. thing. Um, what a really, Sorbonne really fun match. Fox was great as well. Fantastic oh, match between those two. Gosh. I mean, that spot where they flipped. Oh, and that, that look Swerve gave him. Swerve like he did is so much facial expressions so throughout good. that match. Swerve yeah. is is operating on such a high level right now on everything he's doing. I don't think he's gotten enough credit for the stuff he's been managing to pull off uh, in the past several months. He's went from being in a beloved tag team to being in a tweener tag team to now being a full blown heel, and he's worked every single angle. And every single storyline to absolute perfection right now. And on top of that, he really can go. I mean, like his 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 double foot stomp looks so devastating. You know what I mean? And I love me, I love me a coup de gras, but like it's something about that hitting the hitting the shoulder blades, the clavicles at the same time and and collapsing it like that just looks so devastating. He's been he's been absolutely smoking it the past several weeks, man. Swerve is on Swerve is on a roll right now. He is. Um, I saw those two guys wrestle live at Lucha Underground. I mean, I was about two feet away. I mean, I, I don't know if we're doing any kayfabe. Pretend we don't know who Killshot and AR well, Fox did are. It. But, Mox did it. Uh, <laughs> he, called, he called him Killshot on Rampage the other night. I was, I, I, was, I was about three feet away from the spot when AR Fox went tumbling through two stories of glass. Uh, it was one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in real life. I've blacked mm. out most of it from my memory. But man... <laughs> Uh, those two have incredible chemistry and low key couldn't like reference all that. I mean, I don't think it was that low key, but like we, you know, every time that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get in the ring together, you can draw a straight line to like the time they wrestled in the ring of honor in mm -hmm. 2011 or whatever. Was it that? Was that too soon? I can't, my brain's all that off. That might have but been anyway. too soon. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, but, no, no. 2011 sounds right. Sounds right. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, you know, we don't think of, we don't necessarily think of these two guys that way. And Swerve, I mean, it, it, it was, it, it, he's just amazing. He's just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's not, it's, it, I wasn't quite sure at first, but it's a pretty cool visual to see him with those two just total degenerate meathead white dudes standing <laughs> behind him. They called hitmen now. They're, 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 was it hitmen that Tony Schiavone called them or just flunkies yeah, or? I don't whatever? know. I mean, that, I don't know, but I, I, I like it. I think it's a good look. I think it's a good look too, um, man. I'm not sure if you can turn the face tattoo guy. I mean, the, yeah, the face tattoo guy face at some point if the, if the faction has to turn. <laughs> so that dude's like a former, like, baseball player, like a legitimate yeah. baseball player who has been apparently training. I don't know. Was he training at the Nightmare Factory? Training somewhere right under Tony Khan's. Uh, watchful eye for some time. I mean, wow! I can't, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what they do with those guys. What a, that match? That might have. I think that was my. I was gonna say that was my match of the week, but we didn't even talk about the fact that Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay had a fucking match of the year. Had the match of the year candidate already. I'm not my quite gosh. sure how I feel about. We haven't even talked about Shinsuke Great Muda with the spot of the year. <laughs> Can well. we? Let's just run this show in reverse order, Brian. Let's do it. Um, let's do it make sure we get the timestamps up there so everybody knows what we talked about uh, mm -hmm. Kenny Omega so, well, I'm glad that Kenny Omega can continue to work New Japan because it only helps sort of his his legacy and, and you know it's fun to have that kind of crossover in the, in the world of professional wrestling it is a little bit weird that he's out here having like the match of the year in the first week of the year for New <laughs> Japan and he's still working trios matches for the company that he actually works for Right, I mean that you have someone who's like that level of superstar, and is not currently being used on in that way. I'm not so mad about it, but it's still sort of it's it's. The, if you have somebody go out there and have a match of the year match at the snap of your at the snap of a finger, man, it seems like it 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 feels like you could you should you should make use of that. Okay, who knows how long we have left with Kenny? Um, I mean, we, but that we was got a, that was a hell of a match. By this time next week, he could have two titles. He could mm -hmm. be a trios champion and the IWGP United States champion. Uh, I saw some footage this morning from New Year's Dash, him giving uh, Okada 
and his IWGP Heavyweight Championship a very menacing look or or an impressed look. So, I mean, Okada Omega Four maybe on the horizon it. this year. You know I don't know. You know, I don't know, I don't know any door, of the rumors hopefully. or anything, but it sure felt like that's that's uh, that, that, that. I don't know. I mean, they got to do that. Okada need Okada needs somebody else yeah. to 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 go up against. It looks like Jay White is has, is about to write himself off TV. He's, he had a loser leaves. He has a, planned a loser leaves Japan match against Hikuleo. Where have we seen that before? Uh oh. Um, I don't know. It feels like, Styles it, vibes. Like it feels like like you know New Japan or Ghetto, whatever the brain trust over there must be saying. We definitely need a different opponent for our champ, but we don't like to go too far into the unknown. So let's just <laughs> bring back the old guy that he had three absolute classics with. I don't know. Absolutely. It makes a certain amount of sense. Um, for him to be positioning him like that, uh, him being Omega, I don't. It, it was pretty cool. So that was it. And then you're right, Nakamura Muda. <laughs> what a hell of a match that was too. It's so yes. cool, man. It's so cool. What a first Forbid- week of wrestling this. Forget like. about Forbidden Doors. <laughs> I know we had John Cena. We're gonna count. We're gonna grandfather that in. It's right before yeah. the New Year. <laughs> John Cena Ro- and Roman Reigns in the same ring. John Cena and Kevin Owens just Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, which you know. If I had told you a year ago that was your WrestleMania 2023 main event, you would have been like, okay, I buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, you got Nakamura versus Muda. Mm-hmm. Um, got Omega Osprey, which might be the match of the year. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Viore. If you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear, then I have two words that will change everything. Viore clothing. This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts. Just like a really nice pullover, comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable, you'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I dot com. Slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. So much stuff. And AEW is already just teeing them up. I Gosh. Mean, Even Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss was a fun women's title match yeah, on the, the, Raw the as the, well. The end game of that was is Alexa Bliss just in the stage now where she just gets her nose accidentally broke? She's her nose is just like she's like Ric Flair where she just comes it's away made bleeding. Paper mache that nose like it's just always gonna crack. Um I don't which isn't a big deal. It's actually a kind of it's kind of a great thing, but it does kind of look like she gets there's a little bit of uncomfortability with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway uh I was totally ready for a swerve with the Bray Wyatt stuff. I guess we're not getting a straight swerve, or at least not. We're not getting. Maybe we are still, but I, I, that was a surprising way for that whole thing to end. It would be hilarious um, if like Bray Wyatt is like, I don't know, what, I don't know what Alexa's doing. I have nothing to do with all that. <laughs> like, she's that'd be just, so great. Like she's like, just like I had to block her number. I this she just kept calling me and calling me. I have no idea. <laughs> just comes to Alexa like, why do you keep playing my videos every time you're out? Like, what do what what, what is this? Like, why are you doing? <laughs> You know, she's if like, you see this that, all over here? That'd be so hilarious. That'd be so hilarious. And Alexa Bliss is like, just kidding. It was all me the whole time. I'm crazy. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that I, that match was really fun. That yeah, was, a lot, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, the, the, the scary movie spot was my favorite by far. Oh, uh, yeah. If you ever see the scary movie three. With uh, Regina Regina King, it was Regina King, or Regina Hall, one of them, and uh, the demon. They 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 did a spot for spot remake 
of the fight scene between those yeah, two. That was classic. And it was, it was mwah, mwah. Whoever thought to do that, you got all the gold stars for that. That was hilarious and fantastic. Loved it. Yeah, it was great stuff. I think my biggest note from Raw, what? Uh, theory main, uh, retained against Seth Rollins or a bunch. Of, uh, there's a, there's a good a good amount of good content. My biggest takeaway was I'm constantly wowed at how over Solo Sokoa is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy is a that guy is a legit star. He he's legit. He looks like he was made. I mean, he probably. I mean, I guess that's what genetics are called. But like, he legitimately looks like he was made in a lab of Rikishi and Umaga genes and just smashed them together. And sprinkled some badass bloodline Roman Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso in there. And now you got Solo, who was like just this, this Super Saiyan like Megazord of all the cool Samoans smashed mm-hmm. into one. You know what I mean? And he's young and he's got a badass appeal to him. And he does all the old school fun stuff that I love Umaga and Rikishi for, but brings sort of a new school sort of flavor to it. I'm a big solo fan, man. Like, and I think, and, and I know I said this a few weeks ago, I think they're planning something big with him, man. Like, by this time, like, and probably after WrestleMania, I think he could be a money in the bank winner. I think he could be somebody who can, you know, either eventually challenge Roman as the new head of the table or be something in that sort of storyline. Because yeah. he always mentions that he's he's been set from the ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I just know they're planning something big with him. I think if if there's no... As great as the Bloodline story has been, if Solo Sokoa isn't a main event superstar, if they haven't made a brand new guy out of him by mm-hmm. the end of this, you could... I'm not going to say it's a failure, but, like, it's it's... I think that should be the best case scenario for everything. Like, once this is all said and done... Solo Sokoa should be a made guy. And I think he's on his way yeah. there. Yeah, it's pretty it's it's incredible. It's incredible just to watch him flourish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Money in the Bank's gonna be in London. Did you hear that announcement? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love UK crowds. Money in the bank is slowly climbing into like my favorite pay-per-views of the year. Like yeah. as far as like the uh the legacy pay-per-views, it's still Royal Rumble, still WrestleMania, still SummerSlam, but Money in the Bank is 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 nipping at their heels, and now you're gonna put it in the UK with that crowd, in that stadium, in the O2 Arena. Oh my! I, I hope there's a lot of. Exchange. We gotta go. We I gotta go. A, oh, we will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we I hope there's that. a lot of exchange rate jokes between now and then. Right? How <laughs> much? You have to put more money or less money in the bank. It's the pound in be, the bank or yeah. something. Maybe that's why they're doing it there. They just get a they get a they get a better exchange rate, so they don't have to spend as much to put as much money in them. There you um, go. It's going to be really cool. It's yeah, and it's it's a you know a twenty thousand seater. People are already saying why are they doing that? They could have done a you know a football arena and got sixty thousand people in there again, like they did a clash. I mean, they but it, I think keeping it small is probably why. Yeah, O two is is perfectly built for that sort of. Mm-hmm. It's that's still. Yeah, you got to keep the acoustics in there, man. I love Ooh. stadiums. I love the I love the atmosphere of a stadium, but like those acoustics in, the, in an enclosed twenty thousand theater, especially with that crowd, it's gonna be a feat. I can't wait to say uh, watch it. That's gonna yeah, it's gonna be absolutely incredible. Um, what else? What else are we missing here, Brian? Oh, are we missing any news notes? Oh, oh did you God. hear about the newest member of TMDK? No, I'm just kidding. We're not gonna go <laughs> that far down the rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Shout out to Damar Hamlin, man. I'm just reading my Twitter uh, page, and Shams just tweeted for guys who watch Monday. This has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. I'm only just talking about because it, it literally just hit my timeline. Uh, the Buffalo Bills player who was uh, had to be resuscitated on the field, yeah. uh, they announced that he is neurologically intact, and he is showing extremely positive signs towards recovery from his critical condition due to cardiac arrest. So that is Amazing. fantastic news. Fantastic news for people who have been uh, waiting to hear some good news uh, for that young man. So uh, that's a, that's a great way to end the show tonight. For, forget wrestling. Forget all that shit. It's good to have some good news to end the show, man. Amen. Man. Amen. You want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yes, I got new plugs. Uh, shout out to, of course, Say Less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie every Monday on my YouTube page as well. You could check me out on Count It. 
my brand new NBA show, A Points Bet, uh, airing four times a week. You can catch it on Instagram, Twitter, all social media platforms. Uh, talking lots of hoops. I'm a big basketball fan, as, as you all know, but uh, I've done a lot of stuff with uh, the Knicks, MSG, and Slam, and Bleacher, and everywhere, uninterrupted. So to have my own basketball show with that sort of uh, uh, you know support, is really exciting and I, I love it and I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here still talking graps with you guys uh, every week, twice a week. Uh, but check that out when you get a chance. Also check me out on MSG Networks uh, doing the BetCast uh, for the games. If you called us uh, doing the Spurs game last night, thank you so much. Um, we'll be checking out the uh, Knicks and Bucks on Monday. I'll be on the call for that game. Also, uh, when Giannis comes into town, and uh, yeah, man, we got a lot of great wrestling to get into this year as well, man. So look out for all that. And thanks for all your support, all the kind words. That's all I got today, man. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> um, thank you, bro. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, of course, to our producer, Brian Waters. Kerm is, is, is picking up the second half of the production shift. So thank you, too. Uh, you can hear me here. You can hear me on the press box. Uh, you can hear me on the Book of Wrestling. Thank you guys all for listening. It really means a lot. You know, this has been a big, an emotional week, and it's good to be back here doing this. And it's good to have, you know, to be able to do this for everybody that's listening. So um, I love you, Nanny. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.